I'm blessed to be with you. I won't get right into what God gave me. Man, it, but uh, all the times I've been here for the first time, not that she didn't want to before, but now today we could, because she was busy and, and leading the Spanish ministry in our Sacramento campus. But today she said, I'm going to go with you. And I met her when I was 11 years of age. And we met in an Assembly of God church in the state of Pennsylvania. I'm a Pennsylvania native. And, and she was there. And she just fell head over heels with me. And she stalked me and she begged me. And finally I acquiesced and I said, yes, for crying out loud, I'll marry you. So I want you to help me. She's going to smack the living daylights out of me when we go. I want you to help me welcome my wife of 29 years. Eva, please stand. That's my baby. She is, on the other hand, she is a native of the island of Puerto Rico. Which means that Jennifer Lopez got nothing on that girl right there. I'm going to get right here into the word. If you have, and, and where's Chris? Our NHLC chapter director of California. You're awesome, buddy. Thank you for all you do. Chris Montalongo. Thank you. All the NHLC reps in the house. There's, there's like a, how can I put this? And we were on that network. That, that just happened two days ago. And, and Shannon Bream asked me, so how we saw this? And I just, man, we need, a, we need a fresh, we need a spiritual awakening in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you the answer. So I'm going to share with you something God placed in my spirit for you. John chapter 5. I'm going to illustrate this. And this, Mike, I have to begin by asking you a question. Have you ever missed your turn in life? If anyone here has ever missed their turn, at least one turn where you can look back and say, I missed that turn. If there was at least one turn you missed in your life, at least one, raise one hand. If you've missed a couple of major turns throughout the course of your journey, raise both hands. My goodness. If, you, if you've missed so many turns that you've already lost count, raise both hands and a foot. All right, if you've missed so many turns that if I grab my iPhone right now, speak to Siri and just mention your name, Siri will automatically say rerouting. What if I tell you that in the next 27 minutes and 30 seconds, what if I tell you that after tonight, in Jesus' name, you and your family will never miss your turn again? Matter of fact, what if I tell you by authority, biblically substantiated, driven and compelled by the Holy Spirit, what if I tell you that you are next? That you are next for the breakthrough? You are next for the healing. You are next for the overflow. You are next to see your entire family saved by the power of Jesus. John chapter 5. This is the story of a man named Brady. This is the story. It's the story of a man who was paralyzed for 38 years. The Bible says he missed his turn constantly. He saw other people experience their breakthrough and their miracle. And he always missed his turn. Always missed his turn until one day Jesus shows up. Let me read it. John chapter 5. Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city near the Sheep Gate was the pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. 
Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porch waiting for a certain movement of the water. For an angel of the Lord would come from time to time and stir up the water. The first person to step in would be healed. One of the men lying there had been sick, Jamal, for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked the man, would you like to get well? Would you, would you like to get well? Yeah, yeah. Would you work with me here, baby? Would you like to get well? His response, by the way, verse seven, I can't for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else gets there ahead of me. I always miss my turn because I'm depending on other people. La sangre de Cristo, Padre. So Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat, start walking. Instantly the man was healed, but he rolled up his sleeping mat, began walking. But here comes the part. And do your Greek exegete on the passage. It's continual there. It says, but this miracle happened on the Sabbath. But it happened on the Sabbath. Now, growing up in my generation, the word, but this miracle happened... But is a conjunction. And in my generation, it only comes to mind. Conjunction, junction, what's your function? Hey, baby. What's up? Anybody under 30 going, what just happened? Any, any, anyone from that generation, aren't you glad that the bill became a law? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just, just be, anyway. So I want to speak to you on the subject matter. But it happened on the Sabbath. When God makes it happen when it's not supposed to happen. The subtext says you are next. I want you to touch the neighbor you like the most. Tell him you are next. Tell your other neighbor the one you barely tolerate. And touch that neighbor and tell him you are next. Now find somebody who hates to be touched. And touch that person. And say you are next. But on the Sabbath... But on the Sabbath, beware of paralysis. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porch waiting for a certain movement of the water. The condition, ladies and gentlemen, is paralysis. And to be paralyzed is to lack mobility, to be in a perpetual state of stagnation. And here's a revelation. We have all suffered from paralysis. Every single person here has been paralyzed at least for a moment. Not physically speaking, but spiritually, emotionally, financially, relationally. Don't tell me you've never been through anything that for at least a moment you were paralyzed. There are calls that paralyze you. There are text messages that paralyze you. There are, there are DMs that paralyze you. There are notices, medical reports. There are things in life, man, that paralyze. So if you've never been paralyzed, ever, for not even for a nanosecond, spiritually, relationally, financially, if you've never, ever been paralyzed, please see me after the service so I can bow down and worship you. Because we've all, all of us have been paralyzed. Paralyzed what? Paralyzed integrity. Paralyzed faith. Paralyzed dreams. Paralyzed destiny. Some of us have been through moments where our, maybe we're not paralyzed, but our family members who we love are paralyzed. Paralyzed anointing. Your anointing can be paralyzed. Par ask Elijah after the fire when he was hiding from Jezebel. Paralyzed ministries. Paralyzed joy. Paralyzed peace. Paralyzed future. Paralyzed worship. Paralyzed by what, you may ask? Paralyzed by sin. Sin paralyzes us. Failure. Fear. The past can paralyze you. 
You're so stuck in your past. Shame, religious condemnation, self-pity, a perpetual victimization mentality, erroneous thoughts, abuse, broken relationships, unforgiveness and unbelief. Paralyzed, as I alluded to previously from verse 7, paralyzed by dependency on others. Let me explain that paralysis. When you depend on someone to complete you, when you depend on someone else to make you happy, if, when, if someone can take away your happiness like this, you have issues. If someone can take away your peace, you have issues. When you're paralyzed by the, when you depend on others more than you depend on God, paralysis will define you. You need to make a commitment tonight that never again will you depend on someone else for your joy or your breakthrough or your happiness or your salvation or your deliverance or your healing. You will depend on God and God alone. by the constant need to be affirmed and validated. Like, 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 like. Let's do that one more time. Like, 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 Paralyzed by fear, a fear of windows of what you see in the outside world. A fear of mirrors of what you see within yourself. Paralyzed by permitting others to define you. How about this? Paralyzed by hype. Hyperbole. Fancy word for lying and exaggerating. Hyper-victimization. You're a perpetual victim. You're a victim, a lifelong victim. Hypersensitivity. I'm offended by everything. Ladies and gentlemen, I am offended by people that are easily offended. Hyper-tolerance. We have to tolerate everything, even if it's a lie. Because I want you to be comfortable in your own lie. And then there's hyper-intolerance to the truth, grace, and love of Christ. Oh, ayúdame, Padre. Paralyzed by identity moratorium. When you don't know who you are, you will be paralyzed. When you have no idea who you are in Christ and who Christ is in you, you will be paralyzed. I want you to hear me. The number one thing that paralyzes us is identity moratorium. I, I want you to hear me. What defines you? The moment you find out who you are in him and who he is in you, you will never be paralyzed again. So I want to remind you of something. Let me tell you what defines you. Are you defined by your past? Are you defined by your circumstances? Are you defined by what other people say about you? I want to remind you of the great news. What took place on the cross. Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus. The word of God. The spirit of God. Defines you. What does that mean? You're not defined by what surrounds you. You're defined by God's spirit inside of you. You're not defined by your circumstance. You're defined by his covenant. You're not defined by the hell you're going through. You're defined by the heaven you're going to. You're not defined by your failures. You're defined by his forgiveness. For all of my Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram brothers and sisters, you're not defined by the likes of many. You're defined by the love of one. And for all the religious folk, get over yourself. You're not defined by what you do for God. You're defined by what God already did for you. Come on, if Jesus defines you, I want you to shout like you know Jesus defines you. 
I want you to praise like you know that Jesus defines you. You are defined by Galatians 2.20. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. What defines? I want, oh boy, help me. America right now is paralyzed. We're paralyzed. We've been down this road before. We're paralyzed. We're paralyzed by political discord and, and racial angst and consternation. We're paralyzed. We're paralyzed by ideological strife. We're paralyzed. There's a spiritual battle out there. Ladies and gentlemen, don't drink the Kool-Aid. I want you to hear me. The battle right now is not what you think. If you think the battle is between a donkey and an elephant, you're off. If you think the battle is between Republicans and Democrats, you're off. The battle is not between a donkey and an elephant. The battle is between the lamb and the serpent. The are you hearing me right now? And I have news for the serpent. I, are we broadcasting on YouTube live? I have news for the serpent. Get ready, get ready. I want you to know, get ready. You will not have the final word. You will not have the final chapter. You will not write the final song. What does that mean? I want to prophesy there's something coming to America and it's not what you think. Somebody said we're going to go from we're going to go from one level of hell to the other. What if we flip the script on this? What if what if what if I tell you this? Are we we're broadcasting, right? YouTube live? El Paso, Texas. Listen. God's about to show up in your city like never before. I'm going to say that more people will come to Jesus as Lord and Savior in the city of El Paso because darkness will never overcome the light of Jesus. The same thing for Dayton, Ohio and Gilroy, California and Parkland, Florida. I am prophesying in the name of Jesus. The paralysis in America, spiritually speaking, whatever. We've been down this road before. Back in the early 1900s, there was an anarchist movement. There were mass shootings in different parts of America and around the world. It was right before the Bolshevik Revolution of 1917. But the Marxist social Darwinistic ideology permeated society. 1906. And you read the headlines, the world was falling apart. People actually wrote about the end of days and things were falling apart. All of a sudden, a black one-eyed Methodist preacher in a place called Azusa started praying with a white woman, a Latina. And all of a sudden, oh, that's what happens when the ethnicities come together. I don't know if you're getting this right now. That, that's why this church is not your normal cup of tea. That's when we have every race coming together in the name of Jesus. Every devil has to flee. Every demon has to shrivel up. And the power of Christ will be made manifest. That's called the Azusa outpouring. The beginning of the new spirit empowered movement. In the 1960s, 68, 69 riots in Newark, in Detroit, in Los Angeles, in Oakland, Camden, New Jersey. There were riots and, and the nation said it's falling apart. All of a sudden, something called the Jesus movement took place. And more people have came to Christ in that time span than any other, other time in world history. So what am I telling you? What if I tell you that there's an awakening coming to America? What if I tell you God's about to show up? 
What if I tell you? What if I tell you that we're about to see the power of Jesus, the glory of Jesus, the grace of Jesus, the truth of Jesus? I don't know if you're ready, but what if I tell you that you're about to see Christ shining like never before? If you believe that God's about to show up and show off his glory, I want you to open up your mouth and give God a shout of praise in this house. Like you know that he's going to show up. Paralysis. Paralysis. This man was paralyzed for 38 years. 38 years. And then Jesus. But on the Sabbath, God confronts your present. Speaks into your future. While demanding that you let go of your past. Let me explain that. He, this is, let me show you. All right. Paralyzed. 38 years. Jesus comes up. 38 years paralyzed. He's right next to the pool. The pool. He sees other people. Water starts, something from heaven moves the waters. And and first person to step in will be healed. He missed his turn. Every time the waters bubble up, there's no one around to put him in the pool. So he missed his turn. Jesus shows up. This is what happened. Here it is. Jesus, this is crazy. First of all, Jesus, the guy's been paralyzed for 38 years. And Jesus asked, do you want to get healed? That's like holy sarcasm. <laughs> Are you kidding me? He really asked, do you want to get well? Do you think he was being sarcastic? No, because some people just don't want to get well. Some people are so embedded and stuck in their circumstance that they literally inhabit the circumstance and they become that circumstance. And you can't separate them from their drama. That's why people, after they come out of drama, they look for other drama. Because they're accustomed to living in the drama. So, do, do you want to get well? And the man says this, watch. Do you want to get well? What would you say? Alright, but at least, at least yes or your other choice is what? No! If I ask you right now, do you want a matcha green tea latte from Starbucks? Almond milk because it's healthier, by the way. It's shit. It's yes or no. So Jesus asked him, yes or no? Do you want to get well? His answer, read it. I'm not making it up. I can't. Dude, I never asked you if you could. He said, I can't. That's, that's grammatically incoherent. Not only was his body paralyzed, his spirit, his soul, his faith, his vision, his destiny, everything was paralyzed. He said, I can't. I love this. Just parenthetically speaking, this is, he said, I can't. It's like, hey, dude, you're a narcissist. You think it's about you. You're always going to be here if you think it's about you. Get over yourself. It's not about you. It's about my purpose for you. It's not about your potential. It's about my power. It's not about your ability. It's about my anointing. Are you with me right now? So in other words, get over yourself because it's not about you. Watch this. The next thing Jesus does is this. Jesus looks at him and Jesus could have walked away. Jesus easily could have done. Oh, no faith. I'm out of here. Because he's done that on other occasions. He actually left the city because it was like, I'm out of here. Y'all don't believe I'm walking. But on this occasion, he looks at the man who said, I can't. He, and Jesus looked at him and said, what did you say? I can't. 
He said, I can't. Jesus looked at him. Now, I'm just going to talk to you. Don't do it yet because I'm going to tell you when. But Jesus looked at him and said, stand up. Now, this requires Greek exegetical extrapolation of scripture. What does that mean? You got to go into the original language. Because when Jesus told him to stand up, it wasn't a supposition or a proposition. In other words, Jesus didn't say, dude, if you have it within you, please, to the best of your ability, can you acquiesce to my declaration in front of all the cameras that are here? Because some of these things are going to be posted in someone's Insta story, and I need you to make me look good. So for you and I both, in order to get lots of like, 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 I need you to stand up. Nope, Jesus never said that. Jesus never said, if you have, if, if it's within the confines of the bandwidth of whatever emerging faith you may be experiencing, stand up. No. In the Greek, it's a command. You missed it. Jesus wasn't asking him. Jesus ordered him to stand up. No, you missed it again. He just said, I can't. So if he said, I can't, who was Jesus talking to? Jesus bypassed the drama and spoken to his destiny. You're going to get this in a second. Your destiny needs to tell your drama to shut up. In other words, in your destiny inside of you, Jesus bypassed it and said, I'm going to speak to destiny. I'm going to speak to purpose because you don't get it. You're full of drama. So I'm going to speak to the purpose I designed you for in the first place. I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope in the future. Before you were in your mama's womb, I had destiny for you. And in my original design, you are not paralyzed. So I'm going to connect you to my original plan. I'm not going to speak to your pathetic response I'm going to speak to my prophetic purpose inside of you so I'm not asking you I'm ordering through my purpose for you to stand up that boy had no choice but to get up why am I telling you this tonight because at the count of three I'm going to tell you to stand up now when you stand up I'm going to tell you what's going to happen here in Jesus name every vestige of paralysis the moment you stand up Every vestige of paralysis will come to an end for every family that is here once and for all. What if I tell you tonight is the last night you will be paralyzed? What if I tell you that after tonight your faith will never be paralyzed again? Your family will never be paralyzed again? Your future will never be paralyzed again? Your dream will never be paralyzed again? Your destiny will never be paralyzed again? So when I count the three, man, I want you to stand up. And it is prophetic. You're going to stand up because we get stuck. We get paralyzed in our circumstances, in our drama, in our failures, in our self-pity. In this right here, this thing paralyzes us. If you've ever been in a moment where your thoughts paralyze you, raise your hands. Be honest. This right here, man. This right here. Has anybody here seen the movie Breakthrough? If you have, raise your hand. Let me explain to you. Long story short, that's my movie. By the grace of God, I produced that movie. Let me tell you how I ended up producing a movie for 20th Century Fox that became a hit. Because the, the, I went through this. I went through this. I was, there was a season. Phew, 
Some, some years back, my wife has a full story, the narrative. She lived it with me. Some years back, a few years ago, a handful of years ago, it was a secular magazine whose name you would recognize. They were going to do a cover story on yours truly. They send a photo crew to our church. Our family shadowed me, did the whole nine yards. They invested a lot of money. And they had me, they, they, I didn't call for it. I didn't invite it. I never send a, like a press release on do this for me. It was this thing that happened. Actually, it was something that we, there was a prophetic decree on it from years ago. So we were running with the word and it came, some people, we're going to put you on the cover of this magazine. And it, the magazine you would recognize, arguably one of the most recognized, if not the most recognized magazine on the planet. And they were going to put me on the cover. And they had this thing about the most influential, blah, 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 whatever. They had it. They wrote the story, did all that. All of a sudden, do you know what it is? They didn't. So they had it. <laughs> the week before, two weeks before the magazine comes out, I get a, they, they, they interview me so many times. And there came a moment where the questions got funky. What do I mean by funky? There was an attempt to push me to do away from my commitment definitive to the centrality of Christ. Let me explain. If I would do away with biblical truth and I would adhere to values and ideas that do not line up with scripture, if I would endorse that agenda, we for sure would be on the cover of the magazine. So there was an attempt to push me and they tried. Pastor Sam, we like you. Everybody likes you. Republicans, Democrats, liberals, conservatives, Baptists, this, all everybody like, this is good. All you have to say is this. Or at least, can you come here? I went, no. I'm, I'm just a Jesus freak, man. I'm not, I'm not going to water down the gospel. And I'm not going to get away from Jesus. And you want me to do less of Jesus and stop being so Jesus-focused and truth-focused. I'm not. I'm a, I'm a loving truth guy. And I'm just going to share. Cause, so are you sure? Because we want you to pivot. No, no, no. I can't pivot. How about this? Say it this way. I can't say it that way. Pastor Samuel Rodriguez, this is the cover of the magazine. I go, I can't because there's something that's worth more than a cover of a magazine. The trippy story is, true story, man. The trippy story, all the other therapeutic sessions helped me out. The, the trippy story is, they never called me to tell me that I was not. So they told me, get ready for the week when the magazine comes out. And dumb Sam, I, you know, I... My mom, other people, dude, you got to pick this up. God really favored us. When the magazine came out, guess who was not on the cover? They completely dissed me. And they actually put something else. And I was paralyzed. I ended up right there. Right here. I mean, I remember that day I was on a plane in Washington, D.C. coming home going like, what just happened? I ended up right there. I thought I missed my turn. I thought I missed my turn. And then the Lord grabbed a hold of me. And the Lord said, Sunshine, <laughs> my promises are yes and amen. God dealt with me in a way because I went, God, wasn't I ready? Was it my pride, my ego? What did you want to crush here? And God said, Look, I got to work for you. What are you going to do now that it looks like you missed your turn? Are you going to stay there in perpetuity? Are you going to continue to do what I called you to do? And all of a sudden, he told me to stand up. So I did. And then a couple years later, 
I ended up before 1.1 billion people all over the world. As I mentioned, there is power in Jesus' name as I prayed in front of 1.1 billion people. And then in addition to that, instead of losing all the doors, I get a contract for 20th Century Fox to do a movie. A movie of a story that I read on my phone coming back from Dallas about a boy who had drowned for 15 minutes. He was dead for an hour. This kid was dead for an hour and eight minutes total. One hour dead. Heart, brain, completely dead. I read the story about a mom who was, who, about a mom who walked in. Everyone was paralyzed with the fact this boy had died. She she walked into the hospital room. She just finished a Beth Moore Bible study. And the doctor said, say goodbye to your boy. It's just a cadaver. He's been dead for an hour. The mama looked at the doctor, looked at the boy, remembered that God gave her a promise for her boy. And in the promise was not this. So mama opened up her mouth right there and said, Holy Spirit, bring my son back to life. Not five minutes later, not four minutes later, not three minutes later, not two minutes later, not even one minute later. The moment she said, Holy Spirit, bring my son back to life, every apparatus in that room turned on. And that's when the Lord told me, you're going to make that into a movie. So I started preaching about it. I made some phone calls, called, called my, my buddy Devon Franklin, Megan Good and Devon are friends. Called him up, he shrugged me off initially. And then I set him up, the Holy Spirit showed up, put him in the green room with the kid who resurrected. Set him up. After he shrugged me off, I put him in the same room. The kid told him the story, medically verifiable, the only resurrection story that's completely medically verifiable in Western history in the last century, is it's it. And all of a sudden it became a movie, 20th Century Fox. Boom, break through the movie. What am I telling you? I've lived it. The moment I stood up, all the doors opened up. So what am I telling you? Tonight is the last night you will be paralyzed for the rest of your life. I'm speaking prophetically into you. I'm telling you right now, never again will your faith, your family, your future be paralyzed. You are about to stand up and see the glory of God in you, with you, and through you like never before. The stuff that paralyzes you will never hold you back. So when I count to three, I want you to stand up. And paralysis comes to an end for every family here. Not for a day, not for a week, not for a month, but forevermore. Paralysis ends. You're never going to be stuck again. Ready? One, two. Two. And by the way, not only you, but your children and your children's children and your children's children's children and your children's 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 children will never be paralyzed. Are you with me? I don't care what it looks like right now. They're coming out. One, two, three. Stand up. Yes. Somebody give Jesus a shout of praise. Stand with me. You are standing. Paralysis. Lift up your hands. In your heart, in your mind. Boy, does the enemy ever want to see you paralyzed. Does the enemy ever want to paralyze your family and your dream and your destiny and your God-ordained purpose? What you're going through. The devil's not attacking you because of the foolish things you did in your past. He's coming after you because of the glorious things you're about to see in your future. 
was paralyzed, but he heard the voice of whom? Whose voice? Whose voice? Look up here. Who speaks into you is much more important than who speaks about you. Stop, stop worrying about who's speaking about me. You have to reach a level of maturity where you don't give a holy hoot about who's speaking about you, but you care about who speaks into you. Are you with me right now? Lift up your hands. Ezekiel chapter 2 verse 1 says, Stand up and I will speak to you. Acts chapter 2 verse 14. And Peter stood up and God spoke through him. Oh, God's going to speak to you and through you. Oh, I feel God. I just sense the power of Jesus. Jamal, I'm going to tell you what Jesus could have done. Jesus could have done. All right? 38 years, here you are, you're standing, right? He could have said, hey man, Text me. See you. But he didn't. He looked at him and he's standing and he says, I'm not done with you. He looked at him and said, look, look at my eyes. Look. He looked at him and went, yeah. It, it, it. He told him, pick up your mat. You, you do me a favor, pick it up and put it over your shoulder. Uh, by the way, don't. Don't leave your mat behind so your children and your friends can trip over what you left behind. Y'all get that? Sometimes we leave stuff behind that we should have picked up. And others trip over the stuff we left behind. So, you know why he picked it up? Because if he would have left the mat behind, there would have been a sense of expectation that one day he may go back to that place. Oh, y'all didn't hear that. When you pick up your mat, you're telling both heaven and hell. You're telling your haters and your friends. But more importantly, you're telling yourself, I don't live there anymore. I dare you to lift up your hands and say, I don't live there anymore. Somebody shout, I don't live there anymore. Repeat after me, I don't live there anymore. I don't live in sin anymore. I don't live in shame anymore. I don't live in depression anymore. I don't live in anxiety anymore. I don't live in fear anymore. I don't live in brokenness anymore. I don't live in abuse anymore. I don't live there anymore. If you don't live in generational curses anymore, lift up your hands. If you don't live in addiction anymore, lift up both hands. And you don't live in bondage, lift up both hands and just jump up a little bit. You don't live there anymore. It's not you. Second Corinthians 5.17. All things are made new. You're a new creation. You're not who you used to be. You don't live there anymore. Am I preaching to anybody? When something tries to push you, you need to say, ah, 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 I don't live there anymore. That's why you pick up your mat. One more time, Jamal. Jesus could have said, now you have your mat. I'm leaving. But he did it. The last thing he did is, now that you stood up, pick up your mat. He told him, now start walking. Start walking. This right here. Baby, you need to walk with that. Walk with your mat means to walk with your testimony. This is on the, if it's on the floor, 
that right there, if it's still on the floor, that's not your testimony, that's your trial. The moment you pick it up is your testimony. And stop acting all bougie like you've never been through anything. Stop acting like you've never been through anything. There are people that when you walk by people that are paralyzed, don't you dare cross the street like you don't know what it is to be paralyzed. When you see people laying down paralyzed, spiritually, metaphorically speaking, you need to come up and say, I know it's going to be hard for you to believe, but you're about to stand up and see the glory of Jesus. You need to hear me right now. I used to be you, but look what the Lord has done. So he told them to walk. If anyone here at celebration, if anyone here believes that this is the last day you'll be paralyzed, raise one hand. If you believe that you are next to see the fullness of the purpose of Christ in you, with you, and through you, raise both hands. If you believe that your children will what? If you believe your children will not inherit your sins, but your children will inherit your blessings. If you believe that those that follow you will never trip over the mat, but they will be edified by your testimony. All right, we're done. We're blow your hands. My wife is here. What does this mean? I used to say that my wife had an addiction for shopping until she corrected me and said, on stage, call it an anointing. So I will say my wife has an anointing for shopping. So we go to the mall, Roseville Galleria, where we, there's certain parts of the mall where where I drop her off, my wife walks up like a boss. She never touches door handles there because there's a sensor that reads her presence, opens up for her. True story. So I drop her off, that's what good husbands do. And, and I, I park, I get off my car, this is what I do. Just like this. The doors are closed, completely closed. But, I, but I'm, I walk, same pace. I'm walking. I don't slow down. I just walk. I get on the sidewalk. I don't slow down. I walk. The doors are still closed. The reason I don't slow down is because I have full expectation that the moment the sensor reads my presence, the doors will open up in my favor. I don't know if you're getting this. So God is telling you, start walking. You're waiting for a door to open when the door is waiting for you to start walking. Am I preaching to anybody here right now? I need you to start walking. Walk by faith and not by sight. Second Corinthians 5.7 Walk led by the Spirit and not by the flesh. Galatians 5.16 Walk! Walk! And don't anybody ever tell you there's a suddenly coming your way. Listen, there's a suddenly waiting for you. I'm waiting for a suddenly. No! So suddenly waiting for you to stand up. Pick up your mat and walk. The doors will open up in your favor. I'm done. I'm completely done. I kid you not. This is it. Last, he, he encounters a Pharisee. That's usually what happens. He encounters a religious class. People that are judgmental. Oh, God help us. Rumors have it they're still around in 2019. And, and this really happened. He encounters a Pharisee. The Pharisee goes like this. Read it. This is crazy. Pharisee goes, ah! and you would think he's going, dude, you're walking, right? 38 years paralyzed. He goes, ah! you can't be carrying that on the Sabbath. I'm not making it up. Read it. He goes, oh. and then he goes like this. He goes, oh. 
gives you the right. Gives you the right to carry that on this day. One of the greatest answers in all of scripture came from this man. This is what he said. Quote, I'm, this is verbatim now. He says, you're asking me who gives me the right to carry what I'm carrying? The one who healed me gives me the right to carry what I'm carrying. Hey, celebration. When they ask you, who gives you the right to praise the way you praise? Who gives you the right to worship the way you worship? Who gives you the right to pray the way you pray? Who gives you the right to believe what you believe about Jesus being the only way? Who gives you the right to teach your children the values of the word of God? You need to open up your mouth and say, who gives me the right? The one who saved me, the one who delivered me, the one who healed me, the one who set me free. Jesus gives me the right. Now lift up your hands. I'm going to count to three. And if this message was not 185.3% for you, I need you to stay where you're at. But if you say, Samuel Rodriguez, I was there. Or I am there now. I'm not living in the fullness of what God designed me for. I'm on that mat. I'm on that mat. Something happened that paralyzed me. This relationship breakup, this with the medical report, what happened at work, a church experience that went sideways. Me, self-inflicted wounds, I disobeyed, I deviated from the will and the word of God. Pastor Sam, you're telling me that I will never be, I'm telling you that the grace of Jesus says, you will never be paralyzed again. The blood of Jesus says, you will never be paralyzed again. The word of Jesus says, you will never be paralyzed again. The spirit of Christ, Romans 8, 11 says, you will never be paralyzed again. So what this message was for you, and I mean for every person who says, I'm willing to, yeah. Uh, my destiny is going to stand up and jump over my drama. Yeah. If that's you, when I count to three, I got seconds here. If that's you, I, I need you to come out of your seat somehow and just join me. So I want to make a quick prayer for you. Because this is the last day. You and your children and your children's children will never be paralyzed. If it's you, get ready to see your destiny, God's ordained purpose for you to be fulfilled. I kid you not. It happened for me. It will happen for you. One, two, three. Come right now. Go. If you have to think about it, it's not you. Come. This is the last day. 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 Family paralysis, relational paralysis. I sense God all over this place. Pastor, are you? I am not kidding you. I'm living it. I know what it is to stand up, pick up my mat, and start walking. I know what it is to see the doors open up and all I gotta do is pursue righteousness. It's not me, man. It's just the grace-filled work of Christ in me, with me, and through me. But the sensor reads the presence. I also know what it is to confront the Pharisees who ask me, who gives you the right? Jesus gives me the right. Lift up your hands. I sense God, just the beauty of God right here. I sense God. Right now I speak the blood of Jesus upon every single life here. Upon every family here, I speak the perfect 
shed blood of the Lamb upon every single family. You are covered by the blood of the Lamb. I also, right now, rebuke every lie of the enemy. I cast out every lie from the pit of hell that has paralyzed you. Right now, I speak to every negative thought. I speak to every action, word, deed, interaction, and reaction that is not of God. By now, I come against every spirit of disruption and distraction and discord. And I cast it out by the authority of heaven. Right now, in every single body, I speak to every ailment. I speak to cancer. Shrivel up and die in Jesus' name. I speak to diabetes. Shrivel up and die in Jesus' name. I speak to every single medical issue right now and declare 1 Peter 2.24. By the stripes of Christ, we are healed. Paralysis. I want you all to look up here. Just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I receive this word. Paralysis comes to an end right here, right now, forevermore. Today I stand up, not by my strength, but by your word. I stand up. I pick up my mat. I don't live there anymore. I'm not who I used to be. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. And today I start walking. And I will walk by faith, not by sight. Led by the Spirit, not by my flesh. And I declare that the doors will open up in my favor. And my children, and my children's children, and my children's children's children will not inherit my sins, but they will inherit my blessings. In Jesus' name. Here's here's what I want you to do. Where's Pastor at? Pastor, where you at? Here's what I want you to do. Pastor, can you do this with me? All I want you to do, you tell me if you can. This is going to be awkward, but we're awkward anyway. Peter says we're peculiar people. We're awkward. Here it is. All I want you to do is, and then, if you can physically squat when I tell you now, just squat. It's awkward. Just trust me on this. Just If you can squat, when I tell you now, just work those calves and squat when I tell you now. So this is what you're going to look. I'm going to say now you're going to go like this. Work it. You can work it. (laughs) When I say one, I want you to stand up. Now, some of you should go like this, real casual, really bougie, sophisticated. And some of you should just go like, ooh, because the devil tried his best to keep you down. How about this? From this moment on, you're going to live life without a lid. So when I, when I say now, you squat. When I say one, you stand up. When I say two, you're going to pick up your mat. When I say three, you're going to take one step, start walking, and give God the best praise you've given him in 2019. Are you ready? So, Pastor, can you do it with me? Yeah, I'm recruiting you. And now I'm going to give the mic to Pastor. We love you. We bless you. You watch us on television, TBN, Daystar, TBN, Salsa, Impact, all that stuff. Watch us. Pray for us. Pick up a copy. If this message got you, pick up a copy on Amazon today called You Are Next. Just Google it. You Are Next and you'll see it. Pick it up. It'll bless your life. Keep us in your prayers and let's go change the world together in Jesus' name. Let's do this. All right. Ready? You ready for this? Celebration. Watch. All right.
this is not right what's happening here this is not there's nothing redeemable what just took place here ready now squat work it work it work those calves are you ready let me tell you a story when I was a kid <laughs> all right all right all right all right all right ready one two pick up your mat here we go ready ready or not Fresno Clovis Central Valley here we come we're gonna change the world I really mean it we're gonna change the world baby we're gonna change the world ready one two three somebody give God a shout of praise thanks for listening if this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus